ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so continuing our lessons in the 40 hadith of Imam al-Nawawi. We're now on the hadith of Mu'adh ibn Jabal, radiyallahu anhu qal. Mu'adh ibn Jabal, radiyallahu anhu says, Qultu ya Rasulullah, I said, O Messenger of Allah, akhbirni bi'amalin yudkhiluni al-jannata wa yuba'iduni anil-nar. Tell me about a deed which will take me to paradise, which will enter me into paradise, and it will distance me from the hellfire. قال, so the Prophet ﷺ said, لَقَدْ سَأَلْتَنِي عَنْ عَظِيمٌ You have asked me about a great matter. وَإِنَّهُ لَيَسِيرٌ عَلَىٰ مَنْ يَسَّرَهُ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ Yet it is indeed an easy matter for him to whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it easy. تَعْبُدُ اللَّهَ وَلَا تُشْرِكُ بِهِ شَيْئًا Worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala without associating any partners to him. وَتُقِيمَ الصَّلَةِ And establish the prayer, perform the prayer. وَتُؤْتِ الزَّكَاءِ And give the zakat, pay the zakat. وَتَسُومُ رَمَضَانِ And that you fast in Ramadan. وَتَحُجُّ الْبَيْتِ And that you do the hajj to the house. ثُمَّ قَالْ Then he said, أَلَا أَدُلُّكَ عَلَى أَبْوَابِ الْخَيْرِ Shall I not guide you to the gates of goodness? As-sawmu junnah, fasting is a shield. Was-sadaqatu tutfi'u al-khati'ata, kama yutfi'u al-ma'u al-nar. And charity extinguishes sin, as water extinguishes fire. Was-salatu al-rajuli min jawfi al-layl, and a man's prayer in the middle of the night, وَقَالَ ثُمَّ تَلَى He said that he then narrated or recited rather تَتَجَافَى جُنُوبُهُمْ عَنِ الْمَضَاجِعِ Who forsake their beds to cry unto their Lord حَتَّى بَلَغَ يَعْمَلُونَ ثُمَّ قَالَ أَلَا أُخْبِرُكَ بِرَأْسِ الْأَمْرِ so he recited the ayah, who forsake their beds to cry unto their Lord in fear and hope, and spend of what we have bestowed on them. No soul, no soul knows what is kept hidden for them of joy, as a reward for what they used to do. Then he said, shall I not tell you what is the head of the matter? What is the peak of the matter? وَعُمُودِهِ وَذِرْوَةِ سِنَامِهِ And its topmost part. He says, shall I not tell you what the topmost part of the affair is? 
قُلْتُ بَلَى يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ I said, of course, O Messenger of Allah. So then he said, قَالْ رَأْسُ الْأَمْرِ الْإِسْلَامِ The peak of the affair is Islam, submission to Allah. وَعَمُودُهُ الصَّلَاةِ And the pillar, its pillar, is the prayer. وَذِرَوَةُ سَنَامِهِ الْجِهَادِ And its topmost part is the jihad. ثُمَّ قَالْ أَلَا أُخْبِرُكَ بِمَلَاكِ ذَلِكَ كُلِّهِ Then he said, shall I not tell you of the controlling of all of that? I said, yes, O Messenger. قُلْتُ بَلَا يَا نَبِيَ اللَّهِ فَأَخَذَ بِلِسَانِهِ قَالْ So he took hold of his tongue and he said, كُفَّ عَلَيْكَ هَذَا Restrain this. I said, قُلْتُ فَقُلْتُ يَا نَبِيَ اللَّهِ وَإِنَّا لَمُؤَاخَذُونَ بِمَا نَتَكَلَّمُ بِهِ I said, O Prophet of Allah, will we be held accountable for what we say? He said, قَالْ فَقَالْ ثَكِلَتْكَ أُمُّكَ يَا مُعَاذِ He said, may your mother be bereft of you. وَهَلْ يَكُبُّ النَّاسُ فِي النَّارِ عَلَى وُجُوهِهِمْ أَوْ عَلَى مَنَاخِرِهِمْ إِلَّا حَصَائِدُ أَلْسِنَتِهِمْ Is there anything that topples people on their faces or upon their noses into the hellfire other than the jests of their tongue? رواه الترمذي وقال حديث حسن صحيح Regarding this narration then, Al-Shaykh Al-Fawzan, Hafizahullah Ta'ala says, هذا حديث عظيم يرسم فيه النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الطريق الذي يوصل صاحبه إلى الجنة. This is a great hadith in which the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم draws out the path that will lead you to paradise. It is a great hadith where the Prophet ﷺ sketches out or rather makes clear and draws out the path that will lead the person who follows that path to paradise. وَيُبَاعِدُهُ عَنِ النَّارِ And the one who follows that path will be distanced from the hellfire. وَهَذَا يَحْتَاجُهُ كُلُّ مُسْلِمٍ And this is something that every Muslim is in need of. To tread upon the path that will lead him to paradise and to distance himself from the hellfire. فَكُلُّ مُسْلِمٍ يُرِيدُ دُخُولَ الْجَنَّةِ وَالنَّجَاةَ مِنَ النَّارِ So every Muslim desires to enter paradise and to be saved from the fire. وَلَكِنْ مَطَّرِيقَ However, what is the pathway? What is the pathway to achieve that? لِذَٰلِكَ سَأَلَ مُعَاذِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ أَنَّبِيَّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ And that's why Mu'adh رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ asked the Prophet صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ لِأَنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَيْسَ بِاسْتِطَاعَتِهِ أَنْ يَعْرِفَ طَرِيقَ الْجَنَّةِ مِنْ طَرِيقِ النَّارِ إِلَّا مِنْ نَاحِيَةِ الْوَحِيَ الْمُنَزَّلَ cannot distinguish and establish and come to know what is the path to paradise and what is the path to distance yourself from the fire. 
A person will not know that himself. Rather that will come through the revelation. This clarity will come to the individual. This understanding will come from the revelation. So Mu'adh radiallahu anhu asked the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, what is the path? Or rather to get the clarification regarding the path to paradise and that which distances from the fire. وَاللَّهُ سُبْحَانَهُ لَمْ يَكِلْنَا إِلَىٰ عُقُولِنَا وَتَفْكِيرِنَا وَتَسَوُّرَاتِنَا And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not just leave us to blindly wander around with our own intellects and our own minds and our own rationale. Rather, إِنَّمَا أَرْسَلَ هَذَا الرَّسُولِ Rather, Allah sent the Messenger Muhammad wasallam to us وَأَنزَلَ هَذَا الْكِتَابِ And Allah revealed the Qur'an to us مِنْ أَجْلِ أَنْ يُبَيِّنْ يُبَيِّنْ لَنَا طَرِيقَ الْجَنَّةِ وَطَرِيقَ النَّارِ In order, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent down the messenger and sent down the Qur'an in order to clarify to us the path to paradise and the path to the fire. وَفِي هَذَا دَلِيلٌ عَلَى وُجُوبِ سُؤَالِ أَهْلِ الْعِلْمِ عَنْ أُمُورِ الدِّينِ And so in this is an evidence, this shows to you, that it is an obligation to ask the people of knowledge about the affairs of the religion. لِأَنَّهَا لَا يُسْأَلُ عَنْهَا غَيْرُ الْعُلَمَةِ Because... These affairs of the religion, you do not ask anyone else other than the scholars. That is where these questions are directed to. لا يسأل عنها لطباء والمهندسون You don't go and ask somebody who is a doctor or an engineer. Rather you ask the one who is knowledgeable of the religion. فَأَمْرُ الدِّينِ لَيْسَ مِنْ مَدَارِكِ الْعُقُولِ وَإِنَّمَا هُوَ بِالْوَحْيِ الْمُنَزَّلِ So the affair of the religion, it is not something that is in the comprehension of your intellects. Rather, it is the revelation that determines what the religion is and what the pathway to paradise is and what will distance you from the hellfire. So when Mu'adh, he said, radiallahu anhu, أَخْبِرْنِي بِعَمَلٍ يُدْخِلُنِي الْجَنَّةِ وَيُبَاعِدُنِي عَنِ النَّارِ Tell me about an action or a deed that will uh, lead me to paradise and it will distance me from the fire. This is what every Muslim wants. فَدَلَّ عَلَىٰ أَنَّ الْجَنَّةَ لَا تُدْخَلُ إِلَّا بِعَمَلٍ And this hadith also therefore indicates that paradise cannot be entered except with actions. That's why Mu'adh radiallahu anhu was asking, tell me about the actions, what actions can I do to enter me into paradise? وَالنَّارُ أَيْضًا تُدْخَلُ بِعَمَلٍ And the fire will also be entered due to the actions that the people they do. فَعَمَلُ الْخَيْرِ So, the action of goodness, يُدْخِلُ الْجَنَّةِ It enters a person into paradise. It directs a person to paradise through the mercy of Allah. وَعَمَلُ الشَّرِ يُدْخِلُ And the evil actions, they will direct a person and guide him to the fire, and enter him into the fire. فَلَا أَحَدَ يَدْخُلُ الْجَنَّةَ أَوْ النَّارَ بِدُونِ عَمَلٍ so nobody will enter the paradise or the hell without the actions. It will be the actions that they do that will then determine their accountability. 
So the Prophet ﷺ said, لَقَدْ سَأَلْتَنِي عَنْ عَظِيمًا You have asked me about something great. عَظَّمَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ هَذَا الْمَسْؤُولَ عَنْهُ مِنْ أَجْلِ أَنْ يُنَبِّهَ السَّامِعِينَ وَالْقَارِئِينَ إِلَى عِظَمِ هَذَا الْأَمْرِ حَتَّى يَهْتَمُّ بِهِ So the Prophet ﷺ, he stated that you have indeed asked me about something great. So that the people who are listening and those who are asking, then they become aware that this question and this situation, this what's going to be mentioned, is indeed something of great importance. And the Prophet ﷺ said, وَإِنَّهُ لَيَسِيرٌ عَلَى مَنْ يَسَّرَهُ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ And it is easy for the one whom Allah makes it easy, despite the fact that it is a great affair, what you have asked me about. The path to paradise and how to distance yourself from the fire. It's a great affair. Yet Allah makes it easy upon those uh, whom Allah makes it easy for. It is easy upon those whom Allah makes it easy for. لِأَنَّ الدِّينَ وَلِلَّهِ الْحَمْدِ دِينٌ Because this religion and all praises due to Allah is a religion of Forgiving and a religion of pardoning and a religion of ease. لا حرج فيه. There is no difficulty of that nature within it. ولا مشقة or any other type of burden or difficulty. وإنما هو دين يتمشى مع قدرات الإنسان من غير تكلف. Rather, it is a religion that is in conformity to the abilities of a person. It is in conformity to the abilities of a person. So for example, a person who has some ailment in their legs and they're unable to stand and pray, then the religion allows them to sit and pray. If they have some ailment that prevents them to even sit and pray, then the religion allows them to lie down and pray. So there is no burden and difficulty. And that does not mean that the religion wastes or becomes to such a degree that you begin to lose your worship or you begin to waste your worship. It doesn't get to that level. People may think that the religion is ease. And they take that to such an extent that they actually fall short in the obedience of Allah. It doesn't mean that. You still fulfill the obligations. But the religion has some leeway for a person in accordance to his ability. Somebody is unable to stand and pray, then they sit and pray. If they are unable to sit and pray, they lie down and pray. But they are still praying. Uh, وَإِنَّمَا هُوَ دِينٌ يَتَمَشَّى مَا قُدَرَاتِ الْإِنسَانِ مِنْ غَيْرِ تَكَلَّفْ وَمِنْ غَيْرِ تَسَاهُلٍ وَتَذِيعٍ فَهُوَ طَرِيقٌ سَهْلٌ لَكِنْ عَلَى مَنْ يَسَّرَهُ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ أَمَّا مَنْ لَمْ يَسِّرُهُ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ فَهُوَ سَعَبٍ As for the one whom Allah does not make it easy upon him, then it is difficult. وَلِذَلِكَ الطَّاعَاتِ أَشَقُّ مَا تَكُونُ عَلَى نُفُوسِ they are the most difficult upon the lazy individuals. They are the most difficult upon the lazy. And that's why Allah mentioned, وَإِنَّهَا لَكَبِيرَةً And indeed it is something big, i.e. the prayer. إِلَّا عَلَى الْخَاشِعِينَ Except for those who are upon that state of humility and humbleness and modesty and obeying Allah and submissive to Allah. For them it is easy. But as for those who are not upon that state of submissiveness and humility to Allah, then it's a burden upon them and difficult upon them. Uh, 
despite the fact that the prayer is only a few raka'at, yet it will still be a burden upon some people. And it will be a difficulty upon some people and they can't wait to get it over and done with. So this type of difficulty and burden, it comes upon those lazy individuals. And every other type of worship too. Spending money eh, upon that which is required to spend upon, then even that type of activity becomes difficult upon them because they don't have the iman in their hearts. لَكِنَّ أَهْلَ الْخَيْرِ وَالْإِيمَانِ يَسْهُلُ عَلَيْهِمْ ذَلِكَ As for the people of goodness and the people of iman, then it becomes easy upon them. It becomes easy upon them. فَيُنْفِقُونَهُ عَلَى مَحَبَّتِهِ طَاعَةً لِلَّهِ So they spend of their wealth, even though they have love for it. They want to keep their wealth. They have love for their wealth and an inclination towards their wealth. Yet they spend it for the path, in the path of Allah, sincerely for the sake of Allah, as obedience to Allah. So then the Prophet ﷺ explained, تَعْبُدُ اللَّهَ وَلَا تُشْرِكُوا بِهِ شَيْئًا This is the foundation and the first thing. That worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and do not commit any form of shirk. This is the foundation and this is the basis, the tawheed. And the Prophet ﷺ didn't just say, تَعْبُدُ Allah, worship Allah. Rather he said, worship Allah and stay away from the shirk. So the opposite was mentioned too, just like as Allah mentioned in the Qur'an, وَعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ وَلَا تُشْرِكُوا بِهِ شَيْئًا Worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and do not commit any shirk. Because the worship, it cannot be correct. And it cannot be accepted. Unless if it is with sincerity. So if any type of shirk comes into it, then it nullifies that worship. And it will not benefit the one who is doing it. So the mushrik, his actions are not accepted. And every type of action whereby shirk mixes into it, then it will not be accepted. وَكُلُّ عَمَلٍ خَالَطَهُ شِرْكٌ فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَقْبَلُهُ And every action that shirk is mixed in with it, then Allah will not accept it. So that is the first and the primary thing the Prophet ﷺ told Mu'adh regarding the path to paradise and savior and distancing yourself from the hellfire, the tawheed and the abandoning of shirk. Then after that, وَتُقِيمُ الصَّلَاةِ And establish and perform the prayer. That is the second advice and that is the second pillar of Islam. That you perform the prayer and you establish the prayer. And they are the five prayers of the day. And that means when it says تُقِيمُ الصَّلَاةِ That you perform them and you establish them in the proper and correct manner. That you perform them with the sunan and the wajibat and the arkan and in their times. You perform them properly and accurately according to the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. That is the establishment of the prayer. And that is what is meant here as the second advice. The third advice, zakah, And that you give the zakat. And this is the third pillar. And that is an obligation with its conditions of the one who has the amount of money, etc. That this uh, amount of money needs to be taken out from the wealth of the one who has it. And give it to those who are deserving of it from the eight categories that are mentioned in the Qur'an.
Then after that, وَتَسُومُوا Ramadan, And that you fast the month of Ramadan, and this is the fourth pillar. And that is the month, one month in the year, that it is an obligation upon the people to fast that month. Then fifthly, وَتَحُجُّ الْبَيْتِ And that you make the hajj to the house of Allah. And that is the fifth pillar from the pillars of Islam. And there are many ahadith that talk about these five pillars and they mention these five pillars. But this is what the Prophet ﷺ told Mu'adh ibn Jabal when Mu'adh ibn Jabal asked anhu regarding that which will take him closer to paradise and that which will distance him from the hellfire. The Prophet ﷺ told him to be upright upon those five pillars of Islam. And then, the Prophet ﷺ said, أَلَا أَدُلُّكَ عَلَىٰ أَبْوَابِ الْخَيْرِ Shall I not show you the doors to goodness? Shall I not show you the doors to goodness? زِيَادَةً عَلَىٰ أَرْكَانِ الْإِسْلَامِ In addition to the five pillars of Islam, because the religion obviously is not restricted to just those five pillars, there are many other affairs within the religion, but those five pillars are the foundations they are the pillars and the foundations. Yet there are other affairs in the religion also. Uh, there are many, pillar, many other actions and deeds in the religion that follow on from those five pillars and they perfect and complete those five pillars. And they are all obediences to Allah, whether they are obligatory or supererogatory. So the Prophet ﷺ then continued to say, As-sawmujunnah, that fasting is a shield. Fasting is a shield, it protects you. Meaning, it is a shield, it protects you from what? From the hellfire. As-sawmujunnah, fasting is a shield that protects you from the fire. وَالسَّوْمُ فَرِيضًا مِثْلُ صِيَامِ رَمَضَانِ وَنَافِلَ مِثْلُ صِيَامِ الْأَيَّامِ الَّتِي جَاءَ الدَّلِيلُ بِصِيَامِهَا So fasting, there are types that are obligatory. For example, the Ramadan, that is obligatory fasting. Or if a person vowed to fast some days, then that would become obligatory upon him. Or if it was an expiation of certain sins, that would be obligatory for him to do then, uh, if he was able. Then, there are some types that are supererogatory. Like the six days of Shawwal, or Mondays and Thursdays, or three days of every month. Uh, or the 10th of Dhul Hijjah, or the day of Arafah, or the day of Ashura. Uh, there are all days that are sunnah to fast for a person too. So there is much fasting that an individual can do during the year, not just the Ramadan. And charity, it, it extinguishes. The wrongdoing and the sin, just like water extinguishes the fire. And charity is two types. One type that is obligatory, and that is zakat. And the other type that is optional, the optional charity that a person he gives in the various uh, types of good ways to give that charity in. And so this charity, it extinguishes the sins, just like water extinguishes fire. So if you desire to extinguish your sins, then give the charity upon those who are in need of it. Then the Prophet ﷺ said, وَصَلَاةُ الرَّجُلِ مِنْ جَوْفِ اللَّيْلِ 
and the prayer of a person of a man in the middle of the night. Qala thumma tala. Then the Prophet ﷺ recited the ayah: "Tatajafa junubum an al-madajir hatta balagh yamalun al-salatu minha farida wa minha nafila." Similarly, the prayer there is obligatory prayer and there is supererogatory prayer. And the best of the supererogatory prayers are the prayer that a person prays in the darkness of the night, the night prayer. In the middle of the night, a person he arises to pray that night prayer. That is the best of the supererogatory prayers. That is from the best of the supererogatory prayers because it is a time when people sleep. It is a time when it is calm, and it is a time when a person has slept, and it occurs after. That rest that he has taken, so he is present and alert with his heart after having rested. وَيَكُونُ الْإِنسَانُ قَدْ أَخَذَ حَظَّهُ مِنَ النَّوْمِ And when a person has slept, his amount that he needs to sleep, and then he awakens, and then he prays, then that is a great act, and from the best of the supererogatory prayers. It's mentioned in a hadith that the Prophet ﷺ said. أحب الصلاة إلى الله صلاة داود عليه السلام. The most beloved of the prayers to Allah is the prayer of Dawood عليه السلام. وأحب الصيام إلى الله صيام داود. And the most beloved of fasting is the fasting of Dawood عليه السلام. وكان ينام نصف الليل because he used to sleep half of the night. He used to sleep half of the night. ويقوم ثلثه and he used to awaken for a third of it. وَيَنَامُ سُدُسَهُ And then he used to sleep a sixth of it. وَيَسُومُ يَوْمًا وَيُفْتِرُ يَوْمًا And he used to fast one day and break his fast one day. Fast one day, miss one day. Fast one day, miss one day. And he used to sleep half the night, then get up for a third of the night, and then sleep a sixth of the night. So then the Prophet ﷺ, he recited the ayah which indicates how the people, they arise in the middle of the night and they leave their warm beds Uh, their comfortable beds, and they leave that which they love, the comfort and the warmth of their beds, and they arise for the worship of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. فَكَوْنُهُمْ يَتْرُكُونَ الْمَضَاجِعَ وَيَقُومُونَ دَلِيلٌ عَلَى صِدْقِ إِيمَانِهِمْ. So the fact that they leave their warm beds and their comfortable beds, and they arise to pray, then this indicates the truthfulness of their iman. وَمَحَبَّتِهِمْ لِلْخَيْرِ and their desire for goodness. وَأَيْضًا الْقِيَامُ فِي جَوْفِ اللَّيْلِ أَكْثَرُ إِخْلَاصًا So this shows their love for goodness and standing and praying in the middle of the night, it shows a greater level of sincerity because that is a time when typically people are going to be sleeping and relaxing. Then the Prophet ﷺ said, رَأْسُ الْأَمْرِ الْإِسْلَامِ The head of the affair, the peak of the affair is Islam. Meaning to submit yourself, submissiveness to Allah with Tawheed. Submitting yourself and humbling yourself, submissiveness to Allah with Tawheed and obedience to Allah upon worship, and distancing yourself and declaring your innocence of shirk and its people, and this is what was mentioned. Then the Prophet ﷺ said, "وَعَمُودُهُ الصَّلَاةُ" and the pillar, the pillar is the prayer. Its pillar, the pillar of Islam, is the prayer. Just like the Sheikh says, when you have a tent, you have those poles, pillars that keep the tent up. 
So here now the example is being given, the pillar of Islam is the prayer. That's what establishes the Islam. Uh, so normally buildings will not stand up except that they have pillars. And similarly your Islam will not be upright except that it has the pillar of the prayer. فَلَوْ أَنَّكَ عَمِلْتَ جَمِيعَ أَعْمَالِ الْإِسْلَامِ إِلَّا صَلَاةً فَإِنَّهُ لَا يَقُمُ لَكَ إِسْلَامٌ The Shaykh says, if you were to do all of the different types of obediences and actions in Islam, but you don't pray, then your Islam will not be upright and established. Because that pillar is not holding it there, the pillar of the prayer. كَمَا لَوْ أَنَّكَ أَحْضَرْتَ الْخَيْمَةِ وَالْأَوْتَادِ وَالْأَطْنَابِ وَلَمْ تُحْضِرْ عَمُودًا تُقِيمُ بِهِ الْخَيْمَةِ لَمْ تَنْتَفْعِ بِهَا The Shaykh says, just like if you get a tent, and you bring all of the wires and the, the ropes and everything, but you don't actually bring the pole that you're going to put the tent on and tie the ropes around. If you don't actually bring the poles, then no matter what ropes and uh, the, uh, the uh, hooks and everything else you have, the tent will not stand up. You don't actually have the pole to put it on. So even if you have all the other ropes and the hooks and everything, it won't stand. And similarly here, if you have all of the other actions, but you abandon the prayer, you're not praying, then your Islam will not stand, it will not be upright. وَذِرْوَةُ سَنَامِهِ الْجِهَادِ And the peak or the uttermost affair of it, topmost affair of it is the jihad in the path of Allah. And that is the uh, jihad against the disbelievers to raise the banner of tawheed and to remove shirk and disbelief. That is the reality of it. That is what it's based upon. And nowadays what you see from the people, it is not based upon that. And that's why the scholars, the Salafi scholars, they do not randomly declare for there to be jihad here and jihad there as the takfiris and those people would like. Because it is not the case that they're doing it to raise the banner of tawheed or to remove shirk. It's all about political goals, it's all about the country and the nation and ground and land, economics and politics and all types of other affairs and nationalism or whatever it may be. So there's all types of corruption that's going on anyway. All types of different things that are occurring. Factions fighting each other, Muslims killing each other. How are you going to declare that this is jihad? That's why the scholars, they don't. And in some occasions they may. But the takfiris, then they are blinded by this affair. And they would desire that the corruption is caused through this pathway of misunderstanding the reality of the affair. لِأَنَّ اللَّهَ خَلَقَ النَّاسَ لِعِبَادَتِهِ because Allah has created us all to worship Him. As Allah said, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِعَبُدُونَ I didn't create the jinn or the humans except to worship me. So that is what this is about, to raise the banner of Tawheed and to remove the shirk. Then the Prophet ﷺ said, أَلَا أُخْبِرُكَ بِمَلَاكِ ذَلِكَ كُلِّهِ Shall I not tell you what is the controlling factor of all of that? قُلْتُ بَلَا يَا نَبِيَ اللَّهِ Mu'adh ibn Jabal radiyallahu anhu says, of course, O Messenger of Allah, فَأَخَذَ بِلِسَانِهِ قَالْ كُفَّ عَلَيْكَ هَذَا So he took his tongue and he said, prevent yourself from this, I control your tongue. إِذَا عَمِلْتَ هَذِي الْعَمَالِ فَاحْضَرْ مِمَّا يُبْطِلُهَا If you do all of these actions, then be warned from that which can nullify all of them. You do all of this obedience, you do all of this righteousness, what could nullify all of that? The ill speech of your tongue and the ill usage of your tongue from the evil affairs that you speak of with your tongue, they could nullify your good deeds. So be aware of that. 
The greatest thing that can wipe out your good deeds is your tongue. Sitting and backbiting this one, spreading to- stories of that one, the namima, the slander, the deceit, the cheating, all types of affairs that occur with the tongue, then they could or they are from the greatest of the affairs that wipe out the deeds of an individual. And the testification of falsehood and other than that. فَهَذَا يُبْطِلُ الْأَعْمَالُ وَيَأْتِي عَلَيْهَا So this, it nullifies the actions uh, and it comes upon them. لِأَنَّ الْأَعْمَالَ تَذْهَبُ مَعَ الْمَظْلُومِينَ الَّذِينَ تَكَلَّمْتَ فِيهِمْ أَوْ عَلَيْهِمْ Because your actions will disappear with this evil speech that you used this speech to oppress people and your actions will disappear with them. As it's mentioned, they will come on the day of judgment and take your actions from you. So your actions, they'll disappear with this ill usage of the tongue against the people. They will come on the day of judgment and they will take their rights back from you. So Mu'adh radiallahu anhu said, Ya Nabi Allah, O Messenger of Allah, and are we going to be held accountable upon what we say? Ta'ajjaba Mu'adh. Mu'adh radiallahu anhu was surprised by this. Because speaking on the tongue is something casual. It's something casual. People they talk and they talk and they backbite and they lie and they slander and they casually do it in their gatherings and they don't even think. So Mu'adh ibn Jabal was surprised that the Prophet ﷺ was telling him about all of those affairs. It returns to your tongue, control your tongue. He was surprised, the tongue out of everything else, it's that. Because that is something casual that people just do and talk. So then the Prophet ﷺ explained, ثَكِلَتْكَ uh, أُمُّكَ Your mother has bereaved you. هَذَا أَصْلُهُ دُعَابِ الْهَلَاكِ لَكِنْ جَرَى عَلَى اللِّسَانِ مِنْ غَيْرِ قَصْدِ فَقَوْلُهُ ثَكِلَتْكَ أُمُّكَ لَيْسَ مَعَنَهُ أَنَّهُ يَدْعُوا عَلَى مُعَادِ بِالْهَلَاكِ وَإِنَّمَا هِيَ كَلِمَ تَجْعَ عَلَى اللِّسَانِ وَلَا يَقْصُدُ مَعْنَاهَا So here the Prophet ﷺ when he said, your mother has bereaved you, then it's not like the Prophet ﷺ was making a dua against Mu'adh. It's not that the Prophet ﷺ was making a dua against Mu'adh. But this is a speech, a figure of speech that you say upon the tongue. Then the Prophet ﷺ explained, وَهَلْ يَكُبُّ النَّاسِ فِي النَّارِ عَلَى وُجُوهِهِمْ أَوْ قَالَ عَلَى مَنَاخِرِهِمْ and are the people going to be cast into the fire upon their faces or their noses? Illa al except due to the uh, the affairs of their tongue and what occurs from their tongues. Fahada fihi lisan. So this indicates the danger of the tongue. And a person maybe he curses or abuses the religion or abuses the messenger. Uh, he maybe mocks the religion. And he may exit from the fold of Islam from doing that. From mocking the religion and mocking the messenger. Or he may say something which is kufr. He may say something which is an act of kufr. Or a speech of kufr. And that may exit from his tongue without even thinking. Or he may backbite or he may spread the stories and the tales regarding the people. Or he may testify with a false testification. وَكَذَلِكَ يَحْلِفُ وَيَكْثِرُ مِنَ الْأَيْمَانِ And similarly, he will be excessive in taking vows and oaths, I swear by Allah upon this, I swear by Allah upon that. And maybe he lies in what he does. So all of this is the speech that is evil that the tongues can be used for. All of this type of affair may occur. 
Yet in reality what the tongue should be used for is the obedience to Allah. Used for the remembrance of Allah. Used for the goodness. Subhanallah, alhamdulillah, Allahu Akbar, la ilaha illallah. Using it for the remembrance and the du'as of Allah. Using it in the recitation of the Qur'an. Using it in making the du'a. That is what the tongue should be used for. Not the backbiting and the cheating and the lying and the deception. They are acts that cause the affair of your deeds to disappear. فَاللِّسَانُ خَطِيرٌ جِدًّا So the tongue is something very dangerous. وَلِهَذَا حَذَّرَ مِنْهُ النَّبِيُّ وسلم. And that's why the Prophet ﷺ warned against it. فَيَجِبُ عَلَى الْمُسْلِمَ أَنْ يَحَذَّرَ أَنْ يَحْذَرَ مِنَ الْكَلَامُ وَلَا يَتَكَلَّمُ إِلَّا بِحَقِّ So it is upon a person to be warned from this and to be fearful and be warned and take precaution. Take precaution from what he says and not to speak except with the truth. وَلَا يَتَكَلَّمُ إِلَّا فِي كَلَامٍ يُحْتَاجُ إِلَيْهِ And not to speak unless there's a need to speak about something. Not to just wastefully speak unless there's a need to speak about some affair. وَيَتْرُكُ فُضُولَ الْكَلَامِ And to leave useless and wasteful speech. Leave the useless and wasteful speech that doesn't have any benefit in it. Uh, and what therefore, if we are being advised to leave even useless speech that doesn't have any benefit, and it may not be haram, it may not be haram, but it's useless speech that doesn't have any benefit. So you leave that. What therefore of speech that is actually haram, even more deserving and more befitting that that speech is abandoned and it is left. So in this hadith then, there are great advices from the Prophet ﷺ regarding this affair of gaining, gaining the uh, closeness to paradise and entering the paradise and distancing yourself from the fire and the types of characteristics that a person needs to be upon in doing that at the head of them the tawheed and then the remainder of the pillars of Islam with the prayer and the zakat and the fasting and the hajj and then the Prophet ﷺ highlighted clearly regarding taking precaution with your tongues and not lying or saying anything evil that may cause your deeds to disappear as a consequence. That's what we'll conclude upon today. Uh, next week, insha'Allah ta'ala, we'll continue with the next hadith at the same time at approximately 7.30 p.m. insha'Allah ta'ala. Wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een.